Hi, I'm Liv, a member of Journalism 2. This is a special episode involving members of Journalism 1 who have read news articles and are now speaking about their topics. So get ready to hear five different groups speaking about their pieces of news. Hi, I'm Isaiah. Hi, I'm Jack. Today we're going to be talking about the attacks on Israel led by the Hamas. Who is the Hamas? Hamas is a terrorist group. Who is the leader of the Hamas? Yahya Sinwar is the leader of the terrorist group. When was the Hamas created? The Hamas was founded in 1987 and was created by one of the leaders, Ahmed Yassin. What are the Hamas goals? The Hamas goal is that they are going to raise the banner of Allah over every inch of Palestine for under the wing of Islam followers of all religions can coexist in security and safety where their lives, possessions, and rights are concerned. Why has Hamas been attacking Israel? Hamas has been attacking Israel because for many years they have been disagreeing about lots of different reasons. Now we're going to be talking a little bit about what is happening between the countries. Well, Jack, what is happening between the countries? Israel and Hamas are currently at war. When did the war start? The war started October 7th. Who attacked first? The Hamas. What did they do? Hamas sent thousands of missiles into Israel and killed many, many innocent people. Well, what did the Israeli military do about this? The Israeli military made a statement last week and told all civilians in Gaza City to evacuate as it maintains bombardment of the coastal enclave in response to last week's Hamas attacks. How many people have the Hamas killed? Uh, The Hamas attacks killed more than 1,400 innocent people in Israel as a reaction to them being mistreated for years. All right, Isaiah, what are we going to be talking about next? Well, Jack, we're going to be talking about the history between these two countries. Have Israelis and Palestinians been having any tensions in the past? Well, tensions between Israel and Palestinians have existed since before Israel's founding. When was Israel founded? Israel was founded in 1948. How have the people of both sides been affected by these tensions? Thousands of people on both sides have been killed and many more injured over decades. Israel captured Gaza from Egypt. When did Israel capture Gaza from Egypt? In the 1967 war. war then withdrew its troops and settlers. When did they withdraw their troops and settlers? Uh, They withdrew them in 2005, the territory home to many Palestinians, or Palestines. They withdraw their troops and settlers. Oh, wait. How many Palestinians? Two million Palestinians. All fell under Hamas control in 2007, after a brief civil war with Fatah. Have the Hamas and Israel fought any wars previously? Hamas and Israel have fought several wars. 
for the operation on October 7th. When was the last time they fought in a war? last war fought between the two was in 2021. How long did the war last? This war lasted 11 days. How many people were killed? The war killed at least 250 people in Gaza and 13 in Israel. Saturday's assault occurred 50 years almost 50 years almost to the day since the 1973 war when Israel's Arab neighbors launched a surprise attack on Yom Kippur. Well, Jack, that's it. We hope you enjoyed listening to our segment about the attacks in Israel. We also hope you learned about who the Hamas are, what is happening between countries, and what is the history between these countries. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. We are here to discuss the cause of the Israeli-Palestinian war, the perspectives of people affected and identifying bias. Let's start with the cause of the war. When Israelites entered what they thought was the promised land, they took over and stole the land from the Palestinians who were already living there. Over many years, conflict escalated between the two groups. And because of this, the Gaza Strip and the West Bank were created as areas for Palestinians to live peacefully in what became Israel. But in reality, this led to many years of oppression and discrimination for the Palestinians, who after many diplomatic attempts for rights, escalated to more drastic measures. The reason why this war happened was because the Palestinians were fighting back the war previously owned for many years. This conflict did not really get resolved after years, which eventually led to the war happening today. What brought the fighting to a climax was the Hamas, a rebel group created by the Palestinians to fight for rights. They attacked Israel with over a thousand rockets, and because of this, Israel and its government were furious and declared war against Hamas. This brings us to the different perspectives of the war and how people are being affected by it. The Palestinians were left in bad conditions. Water and food supplies were cut off from the mostly Palestinian areas leaving them with low supplies. Many of them were left homeless and in poverty because of this. The Israeli government ended up launching a ground attack, forcing millions of Palestinians to evacuate and leave everything behind. You know, this reminds me of when my mom told me she worked with someone whose family is Palestinian and lives there. They decided not to evacuate because they didn't want to leave everything behind. That made things very difficult for them to stay safe. Yeah, I also heard many protests along the supporting and opposing Israel and spreading the message about how Palestinians should leave for safety or that they are wrong have been there in the first place. Definitely. But many countries and people around the world support Israel, including America. Many U.S. officials have said that they stand with Israel. However, many rival countries of Israel have sided with Hamas in their attack on Israel. The media is spreading false information and propaganda about this topic causing a lot of controversy about who is the bad guy. Let's take a moment of silence in respect of the people who are suffering or have died because of this war.
Thank you. To conclude our section of this episode, we're going to talk about the bias within the article. In the article, it mentioned quotes including bias about the Hamas, saying, Hamas has been a designated terrorist organization by the United States and the European Union in Israel. This means that people around the world are under the impression that Hamas is the bad guy. The article just seemed like it was trying to leave out a lot of information about what happened between the two countries and avoiding giving any information about it. Plus, the article has many hints and implications that show that they don't actually care about Hamas and only see the entirety of the Palestinians as a terrorist group. In addition to that, the article only interviewed members of the Israeli government or Israeli citizens. We don't really have Hamas's perspective, so that shouldn't be the case, and people are being misinformed of this situation in the area. The article left out too much information about the history of the Palestinians and Israel to be without bias. It seems like the world hasn't talked about it enough other than major news channels. For example, social media. People need to know what's going on in the world, which could get more people on ideas on who's at fault. And this makes it hard to see who could leave Israel, because they, they could be trying to cover up what they had done to Palestinians previously. So it becomes more of a challenge that people aren't expecting. Israel is more favored because of its allies. But like we said earlier, we don't know whether Israel is the hero or enemy here. This war has no signs of ending soon. It's because Israel was stubborn or how much was going too far. Thanks for tuning into our segment and keep listening for the next topic. Today, me, Nala, and Josiah will be talking about the India flashboard and the effects the flood had on the citizens in India as a whole. Timing cause. October 4th, 2020, three glaciers melting, lakes over flooding. Climate change has become very risky because people will soon lose their homes and for animals their habitat. The flood began in the early hours of Wednesday when water overflowed a mountain lake. Smashed through a major hydroelectric dam downstream and then poured into the valley below where it killed at least 41 people, carrying bodies miles away and forced thousands to leave their homes. This could have all been avoided. The NDMA, Natural Disasters Management Association, saw the lines that, signs that the water would overflow but failed to report it. This happened twice before. It is unknown why they didn't see anything about it, but as of right now, they are being held responsible. What do you have to say about that, Nala? Perhaps the lack of an early warning system has to do with bureaucracy, and also the fact that several national and international agencies are involved in this work. It was reported that the government did not tell the citizens that the flood was happening, and even though they knew a year before it. While this article mentions many important facts, it tends to focus on how they washed away. No! Okay. It tends to focus on how the NDMA didn't report the flood before it happened. The flood destroyed and washed away many structures and destroyed dozens of roads far northeast. This source is biased because they leave important information out. Some examples are buildings that got destroyed such as important roads connecting the state to the rest of India. They also tend to use secondary sources and interview people who were not there to witness the event. They also don't interview or talk to people of importance in the event other than NDMA. This could be intentional to leave out certain opinions or hide information, but it might be accidental bias. Another bias is that they have the, and that they say the only, 
another bias is that they have another bias is that they have is that they only say what the NDMA did wrong and don't share their point of view or if they had a reason for not reacting sooner. Overall, the article does not share important information, but is missing important perspective and limiting information to a significant degree. Would you agree, Josiah? Yes. To add on to that, the NDMA and the Indian government are currently working to solve this issue with advances in technologies such as flood forecasting models, hydromet services, early warning systems, greater dam safety, and a national plan for disaster management. Even so, these measures, are, although laudable, will not be enough to address the scale of India's water woes. Although the scales of these floods are massive, this will help India for the better because these safety measures will ensure that citizens stay safe and informed. These options will help fix the issue because with more information, the citizens of India will stay safe. This is why India is making a big leap in safety precautions and will also transfer into our next segment. How can people stay safe? Getting flood insurance is a good place to start. Most homeowners insurance does not cover flood damage, so getting flood insurance can help you rebuild your flooded home. Knowing your flood risk can help prevent this issue. Looking up your address in the flood map service center to learn if you live, work, or travel in areas that are prone to flooding can help you move and prepare for flooding. Taking a household inventory and storing important documents can help keep your belongings safe during flooding and give you more resources to rebuild your home. Speaking of rebuilding, <clears throat> ways to rebuild. Ways that you can rebuild after floods are, are but not limited to taking care of yourself first. If you are ill or injured, get prompt medical attention immediately after or during flooding. Getting organized can help the process of rebuilding go faster. Trying out your home after flooding will help you prevent further damage. Finally, restoring utilities and floodproofing will help minimize further damage if you live in a risky flood zone. Thank you for listening to this part of the podcast. We hope you guys learned about the India flash floods and the effects it had on the people. Welcome to our segment with... Emily, Layla, and me, aka Lila. Today we will be talking about the Israel and Hamas war. So, to start, what is the Israel and Hamas war? The Israel and Hamas war is a war that started because of the conflict between people that live and work there. It started with different beliefs and opinions, um, which we'll mention later. Some effects of this conflict are more than 1,400 people have died in the brutal attacks in Israel. Next, the effect on the land. So far, it's very damaged because it was bombed. And the buildings are crumbling. <laughs> um, what are people or countries doing to support? So many people and countries are trying their best to help out. An example of this is that the U.S. military is sending defenseful resources to help out Israel. Another way people are helping out is that Iran is backing up Gaza, so they are now fully prepared to defend themselves. Okay, so nice to talk about why this war is happening so it's happening because hamas believes that their struggle against jewish people is very serious and they also want control over the land that israel has but israel just wants to they just want to end hamas's control in gaza 
And this isn't the first time that they have had conflicts. They've had multiple conflicts over the years. Okay. So, is Israel able to protect themselves? And we want to start with, um, no. They're afraid their security is not strong enough to support. But on the other side of the story, Israel has retaliated and killed at least 3,300 people from Gaza, showing that it's not all one side of Hamas to Israel. It's Israel to Gaza. So we think that they're really only showing the one side of the story that's towards Israel because they feel as if, like, Israel was attacked first. And so since they were attacked first, that anyone else who was hurt in this conflict doesn't really need to be talked about or really need to be discussed. Do they even want to end the issue? And we've read and realized that absolutely they do because who really wouldn't, if you really think about it, like who wouldn't want to end something, including this? So, however, Hamas is very strong and very hard to resist, so it would be difficult. Then again, Israel did declare war, which we did read into. Um, other countries are involved. Um, many people are protesting and providing support. The United States has played a big role in helping Israel and trying to save them. Uh, they should not want the, they don't want the support, but instead they're pushing away Joe Biden. Um, so they, they should want it, but they don't, which really no one knows why. Um, Joe Biden did go to Israel and tried to help, maybe giving them some extra support, um, helping them out. But he asked, he was asked to leave and didn't want his help. So it kind of shows that, like, they're trying to end it, but at the same time, like, maybe secretly they want to keep it and have this war go on, maybe. Um, we want to bring it all together and talk about the bias, uh, our our source was CNN, yeah. and we think that they favored towards Israel and showed, like, multiple perspectives of the Israel side and not Gaza. Yeah, and it's not even that they didn't show a perspective of, like, Hamas, because so any perspective from, like, even the people, the, like, the innocent people in Gaza who were, like, whose homes are being destroyed and stuff because of Hamas and, like... Maybe there's people in Gaza who don't agree with it, but are still being, like, punished, and they don't show any of that. Yeah, and um, Hamas bombed Israel on October 7th, and then Israel declared war. And also, like, they show quotes from, like, people from Israel and, like, what's going on in Israel, but they don't show any quotes about Hamas and what's going on in Hamas. So they're biased, and we think that. That's all. Thank you for listening to our summary. Bye! Today, with Sadie, Lydia, and Riley, we're going to be talking about Vladimir Putin testing nuclear bombs. But to know more about that, we have to know how it affects the world. Like, what's the global test ban? How, what Putin is trying to do? What would happen in the future? And why should you care? So, Riley, do you know what the global test ban is? Well, I know it was made after the Cold War. The Cold War was not like a war, but more of a race between Russia and the U.S. 
It lasted from 1974 to 1991, which is a very long time. It prohibits people from testing nuclear bombs, and it was never officially ratified, but most countries still follow it to this day. Right. To expand on that, what is Putin trying to do? Well, Putin is trying to lift the global test ban and has been trying to test missiles and other nuclear weapons, even though the global test ban hasn't been lifted yet. And Lydia, what could happen in the future? Well, Putin could possibly go to jail for this, and this might give Russia a very, very unfair advantage, but why should you care about it, Jovi? Well, if Putin is testing bombs, then other countries could start testing it again, and that could result in something like the Cold War. If something happened like the Cold War, then people could get more advanced nuclear weapons, and that would not be good. Maybe we should talk about how people are responding to the situation, like what's the USA's response, the UN's response, Ukraine's response, and even Putin's response. So, does anyone know how the USA responded? Well, I know the USA responded. The US was very disturbed by Russia's plans. And the State Department said a move like this by any state party needlessly endangers the global norm against nuclear explosive testing. Our country is clearly very concerned for our safety and the safety of other countries as well. But who else responded? Well, I know that the UN responded because someone from IISS said this is a stupid weapon system designed by stupid people for operational reasons that are not tremendously useful, said William Albert. William Albert is the Director of Strategy and Conflict at IISS. IISS is the International Institute for Strategic Studies. It is a British research institute, and they process data on conflicts. They analyze the data, and they have many professionals, so we know this is credible. But how is Ukraine going to respond? Well, I know that Ukraine would probably be angry that Putin is trying to revoke the global test ban, and this could also cause worry between the people of Ukraine. And Lydia, how could Putin, how could Putin be punished for doing this? Well, he could be charged for war crimes, or he could even be arrested. And how could this change the war in Ukraine? And what are they doing to the nukes, Jovi? Well, I know that Putin is transferring the nukes to Ukraine, to Belarus, to try to intimidate Ukraine. They are taking many cars of nukes to Belarus. But does this change the power Russia holds? Well, if Russia succeeds, then it could mean a lot of trouble for lots of people. The Ukraine does have a lot of big allies like the US and other big countries. They still don't have the more advanced weapons that Russia does because of the race with the U.S. in the Cold War. But what are more advantages and disadvantages on Sadie? If Putin has these new nuclear weapons, that could be bad for Ukraine and disadvantage them in the war. And if Putin manages to take down the global test ban, then both Ukraine and Russia would be able to test nuclear weapons, which could benefit both sides. And Lydia, what would happen if the global test ban was lifted? If the global test ban was lifted, then Putin could possibly be successful and more powerful. Tested nuclear weapons, and this could mean very bad news for Ukraine and their military, even though people might assume he would nuke Ukraine. He most likely won't. If he did, he would have many armies against him. 
who can also test their nuclear weapons. And that would not be good for Putin. But thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed this segment of of our episode. That is all for today. We hope you enjoyed this special episode of The Daily Dose featuring Journalism One. Make sure to go check out our Instagram at thedailydose67. See you next time.